This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Habitat Podcast, where we are becoming better habitat managers. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we're back again with another show. Very excited about this one, guys. Um, but first, let me tell you a little bit about the Packer Max line of Cultipackers. Packers. I know you've heard me talk about them before, but my friend just borrowed my unit, took it over to his woods, put it in a last-minute food plot, packed it down, and he's got really good germination and moisture retention uh, the first couple weeks here of his food plot. Matter of fact, uh, two nights ago he had four different bucks in that food plot all browsing on the young growth, which is shooting up everywhere. I mean, it looks like a soccer field. Um, I know some of that was seed. I know some of that was rain. But the good seed-to-soil contact from the cultipacker is really what helped him out, in my opinion. Um, big things going on over at Packer Max. They just teamed up with Mossy Oak uh, last month. If you missed that, check it out on their Facebook page. Also, uh, the Team Fitzgerald, keeping it real, guys. Been around a long time with Cabela's and brands like that. They also are just pack, uh, partnered up with the Packer Max. So, congrats, Lincoln. You're doing big things. Uh, I'm sure, you know, once people see your product, they just they love it, as do I. But if everybody would go out and check out the PackerMax.com website, the line of Cult of Packers, if you're interested for this fall or even, more importantly, next spring, mention the podcast. You'll get 10% off any Cult of Packer. That's some serious dollars. Um, you know, do, do us a favor, check them out, and uh, help support another Michigan company. All right, guys, to the meat and potatoes of the episode, we are getting into Whitetail Properties with Dan Perez. Dan is the owner of Whitetail Properties. Uh, this is a 
great company. I'm sure you guys have heard about them. They're huge in the land sales, farm sales side of business. Um, I saw a surprising figure the other day. They they grossed $420 million in land sales in, uh, I believe it was 2017. The article was early 18. So that's just insane. It must be doing something right. Uh, I had a great conversation with Dan. Learned a ton. I'm fired up about property. Anywho, let's just get him on and um, see what he has to say. Guys, thanks for listening. Couldn't do this without you guys, the listeners. So thanks again, and uh, here we go with uh, another episode. And welcome back, everyone. We have Dan Perez on the line. How are you, Dan? Good. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? Good, good. Thank you. appreciate taking the time to uh, chat with me today. We're, um, We're excited to talk to you. Yeah, uh, as am I, to talk to you and, and your listeners. Great, sir. Well, hey, uh, let's get right into it. We normally start the show with taking a couple minutes to learn about who the guest is. It's, uh, it's actually one of my favorite parts. Basically, want to hear a little bit about you know who you are, where you're from, and uh, maybe some about your company for those who may not uh, know already. But if you want to take a few minutes and dive into that, that'd be awesome. Sure, sure, and I, I have a I have a tendency, Jared, to to ramble. Once I get in a direction, it's hard to pull me back in. Okay. Uh, so so don't don't be bashful. Just stop me any any word that uh, I've spoken um, past my time limit or a little bit too much. No problem. Uh, kind of a snapshot of me I, as I see me. Um, I'm a simple guy. I, I, I don't uh, in no no way whatsoever am I extravagant. I appreciate um, I appreciate being thrifty. I appreciate people who are thrifty and, and conscious and considerate of other people. Um, I love God. I love family. Uh, I love to work. I love business, and I love land. Uh, that that is the uh, those are the ingredients uh, that that have have propelled me and have helped me. Uh, in, in everything that I've done, and, and uh, I don't, uh, I'm not bashful about talking about any of it. So, but uh, I, uh, as, as, as it relates to whitetail properties, uh, it's to, to try to tell you how we form whitetail properties would probably be the entire show. So I won't bore you, <laughs> won't bore you all the details. But what I will tell you is that there's five of us that, that own whitetail properties. <clears throat> and the um, we have so much in common um, as far as our passion for land and, and people and work and business. I mean, we have all that in common, but we all have different strengths that that we bring to the table. And that, that diff- the difference, how we're different is way more valuable than what we have in common. Um, th- there's a lot of times that, that, that we come to meeting, and when we meet, uh, it's for the single purpose of um, of serving the customer. Uh, we we never focus on how can we make the business better necessarily, or bigger, uh, or 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 grow the business. Uh, it's how can we best serve the customer. What can we do to make our clients experience the best that they've ever had with any real estate broker at any time selling, whether it's a house, commercial business, uh, or or land. Uh, what can we do to ensure that the experience that they have with whitetail properties would be better than any others, any other that they they've ever had? And uh, that is a big that's a big challenge. But if if you think about your yourself in your own life, 
and what turns you off and what makes you want to do business with people. Uh, it, it, it is that simple. I mean, it is that simple. Uh, I'll give you an example. There's, there's so many companies that, uh, man, they want to talk to you. They want to talk to you. They want to talk to you. You have no problem getting a salesperson on the phone. Uh, when, when you're interested in buying something, when you're interested in spending money, when you're interested in, in making that person money. But the second that you need service, the, the second that something's not right, that you're not comfortable with it or whatever, you may end up on a, uh, on a call with someone from Taiwan or, or, or who knows where that doesn't even – there's a barrier in, in the language itself. And, and you may have had to sat on hold for an hour <laughs> just to talk to some people. And even worse, some companies have a 900 number where you pay to talk to them when you need them. Uh, but when they need you, uh, they're, they're, they're just like Johnny on the spot, you know. And it's, it, it's the little things that uh, – it's, it's not only the little things. It's, it's Here's the deal. If uh, – if, you list a property with with a company, and uh, and they sell the the property, and they earn a commission. You're basically even. Uh, you haven't done anything special. You've done what you what you you're supposed to do to uh, to be paid, and and they got what they paid for even. But the second that there's a problem, maybe there's a uh, there's a um, an easement issue, or uh, there's an upset neighbor, or just whatever the problem is, uh, man, all of a sudden that agent becomes so difficult to get a hold of on the phone. He won't return your calls, and for whatever reason, all of a sudden he's, he's the busiest person in the world because he's dodging uh, your phone call. Right. <laughs> you know, you, right. he doesn't want to talk to you, and that's crazy. That is the kiss of death. That that is all the money that you've spent on marketing. All all the all the money that you've you've spent trying to attract buyers, uh, sellers. All all the time that you've invested is all of a sudden gone, shot you, because you didn't serve the customer. But when you you go in that phone booth and you put on that Superman costume and you take care of that problem. And you provide an experience that that client has never had working with a real estate agent. You will never be forgotten. You you didn't sell a property. You built a relationship for life, and, and that's that's one of the things that uh, I, I believe uh, sets us apart from so many companies. I mean, we're all it, it, the thing about this business is every one of us, uh, every agent that we have, we have roughly two hundred and. 16 agents, I think, right now, and uh, and and our staff, everybody that that works at Whitetail Properties is passionate about land. So we're buyers as as well. And I've been out there before. I mean, me and my partners and I, we were looking for land in uh, Iowa years ago, and and we went to a lot of the other local brokers there, and we left we left our information. I mean, everything. Uh, how much we, we want to spend, uh, what we're looking for, uh, where we want to buy it, all the different ways we can be reached. And, you know, we never got one single call from anyone. No I way. mean, no one. Wow. <laughs> it, 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 and nobody gives it to you in a platter like that. But, right, right. And, and I think the problem is um, the barrier of entry is so easy to become a real estate agent. you got to pass a test. Big deal. You know, I mean – 
when you're when you're helping people and you're that are and you're handling um, their dreams, their life, their hopes. I mean, their lives sometimes hang on the balance of whether you sell their property or not, and and, and their dreams, fulfilling their dreams, uh, has everything to do with what happens uh, when you present that offer to to the seller. I mean, it's such a big deal in people's lives. Yet anybody can get a license. That's that's what's uh, that's what's kind of scary sometimes. But uh, and I'll tell you this, I, I, I'll. And I kind of tend to, I kind of get excited about our business, but uh, so slow me down anytime that you need to. Okay. But uh, <laughs> it, it, what what is 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 so exciting is that um, we each one of us um, is passionate about what we do, uh, and and the reason that I know that is that that's one of the main uh, considerations when we're hiring people. Uh, there's three simple things. Um, one is that you're an honorable per- person. Uh, most of the time, if you're not honorable, by the time you're a, an adult, uh, it'll it'll take divine intervention to make that change. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, and, and then the second thing is that um, that you are um, professional in in your dealings. Um, you know, everybody, a lot of people love land and, and are honorable people, but uh, not necessarily professional in their dealings. I'll I give you an example. Um, one minute, we, you might be working with a multi-billionaire. Um, you can't afford to be intimidated by that person, you know? Right. Uh, and then the next person that you're, you're talking to uh, is, is interested in buying a small piece of ground uh, to so that uh, he can... He can enjoy um, that property. I mean, that, that and that can be his first property. And then, then he might have another one in mind down the road at some point. Uh, but that you don't talk down to that person. You right. know what I mean? It, right. it, uh, it, and that happens out there. There's a lot of people that that uh, that do not want to necessarily engage uh, because they they feel like they're too busy uh, to to talk to somebody interested in 20 acres, their first track of land you know yep. so that's very important but and the third ingredient is that they're they're passionate about land i mean it, it uh it, it's very hard i mean people can do well at a lot of things in their lives uh, but they'll never be able to do as well as a person who is equally talented and passionate about what they do you know because when, when you're passionate about what you do it no it's no longer work it is who you are, not necessarily what you do. You you go to bed thinking about it, you wake up thinking about it, and you do it better than anyone can do it. And that's that's the criteria by which we we hire uh, people. And, and I tell you, I mean, it's it's. I tell you what's a blessing is that um, not only uh, do we enjoy each other's company immensely because we have so much in common, uh, but uh, we we have that same relationship with our clients. It's it's awesome when you're talking to somebody. You know, when I I, I started in business, my my first business was uh, uh, had appliance and electronics stores in Florida. That's where I grew up. And uh, I remember talking to my wife one day, and and because I, I just like man, it was a lucrative business, but uh, I just wasn't passionate about it. Uh, I mean, who who goes <laughs> home and, and and talks about a refrigerator? You know what I mean? It's yeah, just, very true. <laughs> 
<laughs> there, there was no no passion, and and, uh, and we had discussed it, um, and and I uh, and she all she's always supported me from the very beginning. I mean, she she's always I mean has had faith in that whichever way we go uh, uh, that I that she supports the way what I lead, you know, um, and which, which is, is awesome because it's hard to, to walk away from something you're doing well at and, uh, and, and the security of, uh, of getting a check, uh, to, to going into the unknown. Um, so, so in the unknown at that time, and, and again, pull me back in if I get going too far, yeah, the unknown for me at the, <laughs> the unknown for me at that time was, I, 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 I loved, I thought I loved uh, uh, bows and arrows, sticks and strings. I mean, I, and I do. I enjoy the heck out of it. Uh, and and I, I, I took a job with PSE. And uh, I, uh, what we did is uh, we owned the buildings uh, of the our, our businesses, the buildings, uh, and we rented them to the business. Uh, so w- w- what I did to get out of that business is I was too small for a circuit city or a Best Buys to buy me. I had about Oh, roughly 10,000 square feet of showroom, um, ample warehouse, but about 10,000 square feet of showroom. So it's where, where like a Best Buy or Circuit City was um, 30,000, 50,000 square feet, you know. And I was too big for a mom and pop to buy me. Uh, so, so I ended up um, uh, liquidating the inventory and uh, and selling the buildings. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, back to real estate, the, 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 the best asset that I had were was the real estate. But uh, I went to the PSC, been with PSC for 18 years, loved the company, loved the people, loved the business. But, but one day I woke up and, and I had the same, uh, the same thought process is, is you know, I, I mean, I love this bow business. I love this company, the culture, the people. Um, but the real reason that, that I got into the bow business and, and the real reason a lot of us are in the outdoor industry, uh, if we think about it, is because we love those November mornings, uh, we, we, we love the outdoors. We, we love Amen. land. Amen. Yeah. And that's what, that, I mean, when I first started, and this is kind of cool, it's, it's, uh, I couldn't believe that I can, I can be on that side of the fence, a property that I've driven by a hundred times and, and, and I would have paid them to let me wander around on their property. Now they've listed it with me and I'm walking through their property. I mean, what a, what a yeah, feeling cool. of, <laughs> and, and I had one particular morning where I'm walking down a creek bed. Um, one of the things that you do in the real estate business when you take a listing is, is the first things that you, you go and you take pictures of the property and, uh, and you write, uh, you write about the copy. So, so the property, so we could put it on the website, but I'm walking down this, this creek and, uh, I noticed we're, we're, the trails are just stitching the banks of the creek, and there was one spot where the trails, uh, where the where the tracks that had just gone up that trail were still wet, and uh, I had to crawl up the bank and look, and so so I'm looking out there, and I could see the tips of tines out in the tall grass, and one of them pops up their head, and it was a huge, huge buck, and that was that was down the road from here. This was Martinsburg, um, just probably three miles from the office right here, and. Uh, and so I couldn't believe it. I watched them. Then I, it was one of the mornings too. It was crisp. It was cool, and it seemed like fog was was lifting from the ground. You know, just a beautiful, beautiful morning. And so I get down the creek. Maybe I don't know. I got out of earshot of those deer, and I call my my wife and I and I whisper to her. I say, "Honey, 
I can't believe they're paying me to do this. <laughs> I mean, it's like it was, it, it was it was one of them ha ha moments, you know, in your life where it's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, you you do seem it, to have one of the coolest jobs out there. If I could pick a job, <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because you know I look I look up to you and your business and all that, but it, you do have a very cool job, Dan. You got you know that though. That's awesome. Yes, no 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 question. I've I've been blessed. It uh, for sure. No no question about it. Well, it's, it, uh, I think that's a great. I can't uh, imagine doing anything else. I, I'll tell you the truth. I cannot imagine doing anything else. No, I I I understand that. If you're, I've read an article about your business in uh, I think it was the Herald over there in Quincy, um, and they had a nice write up on you, how well you guys are doing, and that was very cool to see. But but back to your your point about your service and and your follow up. I think that. Those those are huge and and I can relate to that with with my business. I'm in sales, so the only thing that really sets us apart from our competition is our service, because we all kind of sell the the same thing, kind of similar to um, real estate, I guess, and the fact that you have a bunch of other agents out there as well competing. But that service and that follow up, and uh, you know, when your customer becomes your friend, that's what it's all about, and that's that's what keeps the deals coming too. So that's very cool to hear about you guys and, and how you're continuing to do that. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to get right into some reasons that people should purchase land in general. Um, a lot of our listeners may already own land. Uh, I bought my first piece last year, a small 15-acre parcel, and uh, this, this podcast has pretty much been about the different types of habitat work and strategy that that we all put in in different parts of the country and, and how it all relates to better hunting and, and wildlife. Um, but if somebody doesn't have property yet and they're, and they're thinking about it, what are some reasons that they should pull the trigger uh, sooner than later on, on their first piece of ground or, or any land at all for that matter? I understand. So, so uh, I, I don't know that they should or shouldn't pull the trigger depending on their financial situation and, and how they approach it, you know. But uh, I could give you some insights uh, to some things, and, and I'll, I'll give you a little, little history, um, and then I'll bring you forward. Yeah. Um, I, I've always, uh, I mean, I, from when I was a little kid, I mean, I, we, we grew up, I grew up in an area that was, um, um, it was a very depressed area, a lot of violence, a lot, a lot of, uh, it was not a good, good area to grow up, but. My dad would take me out to the country, and man, when we went out there, uh, I was like, uh, I don't know if you've ever had a, a dog, and, and and you drove him in the front seat of your vehicle, but uh, I remember I had oh, a yeah. beagle, and uh, he'd stick his head out the window, and the back the back window would be covered with saliva because he just couldn't wait to get where we were going. He just uh, <laughs> the, the wind was, you know what I mean? Yep. And, and I, I was the same way when we were going hunting or we were going fishing. I was hanging out the window. Uh, I couldn't wait to get there, and, and I loved it, man. From the moment that I, I stepped out of the, the vehicle, uh, I, I loved the smell, all, all the different fragrances uh, that, that, that um, all of a sudden have hit my sinuses, and just the beauty and the feel and, and, the, and being out there with my dad, I mean, that was a big deal. And so I knew early on I wanted land. I wanted, a, I mean, incredible to be able to own a piece of this, you know. So I remember back when my, my wife and I first got married, um, Almost within, I think it was within two years, uh, I bought uh, 10 acres 
uh, I thought it was five acres, and she corrected me a little while back, and it was ten acres. It was in Massark Town in Florida, uh, and it was way out in the boonies. And, and this is one of the ways that I was gifted or, or blessed. Uh, it was way out in the boonies. Uh, and, and, and so one of the ways that I was gifted is that uh, the boonies – uh, became the suburbs. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, the Tampa yeah. was it was Tampa, Florida, and was just pushing out. Oh, yeah. And uh, and so we didn't quite we done quite well when we sold that property. But while and during the time that we owned that ten acres, uh, I, I it wasn't enough to hunt. It was palm meadows and pine trees primarily. Um, but but man, just that feeling. We'd go out there and do no more than just have a a picnic. I mean, we'd have we'd have lunch there. We sit on a stump and. And uh, and we just enjoy the fact that man, we this is ours. Every one of those pine trees out there belong to us, and yeah, and uh, cool. it's it just a it is a special special feeling. But it didn't stop there. That that property, um, the second property we bought, and we did we 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 bought it. By the way, the first property we bought, and this is important. Uh, there's always a way. Um, we didn't. Together, we didn't have enough uh, credit uh, finances to to go to a bank and borrow money to buy a property. You know, uh, we were starting a family. We just just did buy a house, and uh, and that was one of the best investments. By the way, uh, I didn't I didn't want to rent anything. I, I didn't want to pay a rent and pay a rent and pay a rent and pay a rent, and then ten years from now. Uh, I don't have a penny worth of equity. You know, I didn't. I didn't. I knew that right away. So, so we bought uh, our first house. Uh, did very well there as, as well. But anyway, uh, so the the second property was um, some land on the Steenahatchee River. It's a beautiful river that goes out to the uh, uh, the Gulf of Mexico. Tremendous fishing. Uh, the the way I found this place, I used to hunt a place called Tide Swamp that bordered it, and uh, then the Steenahatchee Forest was right there, and this came up, and man, that, that, was, that, that was a beautiful place, and again, we weren't planning on building or anything, we just loved that place, and and, uh, and so <clears throat> we had that property, uh, and in time, uh, we ended up selling it, but we bought it on a contract for deed as well, and I'll explain a contract for deed. A contract for deed is, is, is really cool because um, you... Basically, uh, you you pay a down payment and you make a payment. Whatever the terms are that you guys negotiate, you make that payment. The landowner benefits because the landowner, in addition to um, the the sale of the property, he's actually making it, earning interest like a bank on on the on the deal. So it's it, everybody's situation is different. If you know how it benefits them, ask the question if they would consider taking back a contract for deed. And if they don't know what it is, do your homework and explain it to them. Because especially uh, people that are maybe looking at retirement, they don't want a big chunk of money. They want a steady stream of money that's making them money. You know, so. Anyway, that, that second property was a contract for deed, and uh, uh, while we owned it, we, we fixed it up. We cleaned the river up so you could see the water. You know, it was all, all trees and stuff, or, or, or not necessarily trees. I try not to cut good trees, but just just inferior uh, yeah. uh, trees. And I cleaned it all up. It looked nice, and we would hang out there. Same thing. We own it. We love it. We, we enjoy every minute that we're on it. And... Uh, and then we sold it, and we did really well on it as well. And uh, and 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 then we ended up. I mean, it just kept it just kept going uh, as we went along. And it wasn't that we were planning 
we're doing real estate necessarily because we were going to we wanted to do it to make money at it. We did it because we loved it, and and uh, in the meanwhile we enjoyed it. Um, unlike a paper investment, um, a paper investment you you could invest in, and I and I I'm not against them. I think that people should invest. Uh, they should they should. Um, um, have several investments uh, to offset their, their portfolio yeah, or, or their diversity. That's the word I was looking for. So uh, they should diversify their investments. Yep. But uh, I, I would I would strongly advise to put the majority of the investment into real estate. The two things happen. One is uh, you're growing uh, in equity. Uh, as it's going, as it's growing. Now, those two properties, those first two that I, I mentioned to you, were strictly uh, recreational. Uh, had no income whatsoever uh, on either property, but still uh, did extremely well just on the appreciation uh, when, I, when I sold the properties. And but how, if you how have you own both of those, Dan? Real quick, how long well, you own each of those? Yeah, I think I, I think I only owned the the first one for two years, and probably two years on the second one as, okay. as well. Okay, T- timing was really really good. Uh, Tampa was re- growing and going, and uh, now when you go from Tampa to Masark, you don't even know you've left Tampa. <laughs> it, it just, it, it, you know what I mean? It, yeah, and, oh, yeah. and it was way 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 far back then. Well, I just and didn't then, know if it was like uh, a five year plan, or you know, you were there for uh, you know ten years a, a piece, or or what? But no, I like that a couple years and, and moving on. That's great. Yep, and, and it wasn't even strategic. It just felt right. It was time. I like this property better. Let's let's consider yeah. doing this. Okay. And and so that second property, if you go to Steenahatchee, Florida, right now, you're you're you would just like, oh my God, there's these these hundred several hundred thousand dollar condos on the river, and and it's just like all built up and all crazy. Um, no, Steenahatchee, Florida, was the most remote place on earth, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and now it's it's just like it's it's like an oasis. It's it's crazy, but but that's the way that's the way that it is. But today, uh, when when I invest, uh, it has to have income. Uh, that's just the way that while it's sitting here, two things are happening. Uh, while that property is accruing in value, while, while it's appreciating in value, I am also, it's also paying for itself. And I was going to mention on the, on the paper investments, when you make a paper investment, the only thing that you can do after you invest is cross your fingers and hope uh, and pray that yeah. uh, it does well. There's yeah. nothing else you could do. Uh, where, where when you buy a piece of property, um, I mean, you, you are the managing broker of that property. You, you can make the improvements that it needs, and sometimes those improvements do not have to cost a lot of money. Uh, something as simple as, as a gate, uh, as, as a gate on the, on the, sometimes, I, I see properties, I sell properties very often. They're, they're several million dollars and they've got a strand of barbed wire <laughs> to greet you. you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so something as simple as that, a food plots, uh, uh, um, maybe put in a pond. Uh, just, just simple things that do not cost a lot of money can really change. Uh, when, when you add appeal, you add value. It's, 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 it's very, very simple. And you're adding um, that value yourself, right? Versus the stock market where you're just hoping and praying. Absolutely, absolutely. You could actually actually change the value of that land. It's, I call it forced inflation. Um, but nice. but the cool thing about it is, when you finance a property, 
uh, and that property is paying for itself. Um, for example, um, a tillable piece of property, maybe half of it is hunting, maybe it's timber and brush, and half of it is uh, tillable. Um, if you really work the keys on the on the calculator and uh, and you find the right property, that tillable will pay for your recreation and pay for the property. Uh, I have a, I give an example. Um, so some a few years ago, I bought a piece of property, and the interest rate that I bought I, I, I borrowed money at was three percent. The return on that property um, was six percent, but the real return on that property was forty four percent. And I'll tell you why it was forty four percent return is because when the property is paying for itself, you're not coming out of pocket anymore every month or every bi-yearly or yearly. It is literally paying for itself. Therefore, your only investment was your down payment. So if you take your down payment and, uh, and, and, you, and basically you take your income from that property and divide it by your down payment, uh, not, not the total price of the property. Now, now it's astronomical, your return on your investment. Uh, and then, and then the fact that, that, uh, as, as it's going, as it's appreciating, uh, you're actually paying down your debt. Uh, you're compounding uh, that investment. I mean, it's it's, wow. it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. So so if you add what you earned and you add you add what you uh, what it appreciated, uh, there's no there's no investment like it. Not to mention th- that the real return is the uh, the time that you spend on that property with your family, the time that you enjoy hunting. The 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 memories uh, are the real trophies. You know. Oh it, uh, man, that's, 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 that's awesome. the difference. I just love talking yeah. to you about this stuff. That's that's so cool. How you can. Um, Put it, you know, put it in words like that for somebody to understand that you can have the income, you can have the property, you know, you you can have the the inflation over time, and then the memories, which don't even have, you can't even put a, a dollar amount on that, and and it's always going to keep increasing because you know nobody's making any more of it. No, that's a fact. Yeah, there's there's no more of it being made. It. Uh... If I could, let, let me mention a couple other ways that, you know, my main thing. If I if I come on the show with you and and uh, and, and, uh, and we're talking about land, the people that I'm most interested in um, in talking to uh, are not the ones that already know what I know, you know. And um, it, it's the guys that that do not think they could buy a piece of property, um, and and most of them can. They, they just haven't figured out how. Um, I'll give you another example, something to to uh, to think about. And that's a self-directed IRA. Um, we don't manage them. We, we're not custodians of self-directed IRAs, but uh, there are custodians. For example, uh, I have an IRA, a uh, self-directed IRA, and the custodian is uh, Farmer uh, Farmer State Bank here, the trust department. And how that works is this: you you may you may be working at uh, a plant or you may be working at wherever, Anheuser-Busch here out of St. Louis. Uh, you maybe have been there for 20 years and uh, you don't have a lot of money in your savings, you know. But you may have hundreds of thousands of dollars in your in your uh, a 401k uh, with uh, that, that company. And that 401k sits there till you retire. Now, you could take that 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 money in the 401k and purchase land. You don't touch it. Uh, you'll have to involve a um, 
a manager or a, uh, an agent or a custodian, uh, and they're out there. I mean, I, I, there, there's plenty of them. All you got to do is Google it. But uh, And that money now uh, can purchase that land provided it's income-producing property. Uh, okay. It could have recreation on it. and, and uh, So here's what I did. One of the things that they say is that you cannot enjoy in the sense of enjoyment of the property. It has to be truly an, a, an investment. And so I bought a piece of property that was uh, 300 acres, but the core, the most expensive part of that property was 88 acres of, of uh, flat black tillable in the bottoms. Okay. And so that flat black tillable I, I purchased with – a self-directed IRA. In other words, I merely took the money that's already invested and moved it into buying that 88 acres. I had to have it surveyed out, and that 88 acres, I don't play on it. I don't hunt on it. I don't do anything on it, but it's in the middle of the stuff that I do hunt on. Okay. And the stuff that I do I do hunt on, I purchased conventionally, a, a normal uh, a loan. And, uh, and so um, that uh, self-directed IRA... I did not have to pay income tax when it purchased that property. I mean, I didn't have to take it out and put it really? in. I, I simply, yeah, moved into another investment. I didn't touch it. Now, I could keep it in there forever, and one day when it sells, I could move that money right back into a paper investment and still not have to pay income tax. It, it is still my 401K and never changed from being my 401K. Uh, the only difference is it bought land instead of paper investment. See, a lot of people don't realize that. I didn't um, realize that. Nope. Yep. It, it's tricky, and you have to have a professional help you do it. You can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, but it's out there. You know, that's a, that's another another good way to uh, to buy land. Um, so, and, and there's 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 uh, other ways. There's there's um, um, I, I another I give you another example. Um, an option to purchase. I don't know if you've ever heard that term. But uh, say there's a property that you're in love with, and you're not in a position to buy it right now. Uh, and that 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 seller uh, is really not in a hurry to to uh, to sell it. He's more interested in getting his price for it. Now, an option to purchase is I might come to you. You own that piece of property. Now, I might say, Hey, listen, I I, I want to buy your property, and I'm going to give you what you're asking for it. But I can't. I, I won't be in a position financially for another three years to do that or four years to do that. So I like to purchase. I want to give you $2,000 right now for the, for, to purchase a, uh, an, an option uh, to purchase your land in four years for the price and the terms and all this that you've got on the contract. And so that option uh, does not – in other words, it's, it's binding on the seller to sell it to you in four years, but in four years – uh, at that price, and four years from now, if you're still not in a position, the most that you've lost is two thousand uh, dollars. There, there's a lot of people that have made a lot of money speculating on what the market might do uh, by purchasing options. Wow. Um, but, but that's another another uh, way that people can can do something who maybe are not in a position right now. And the only reason I'm alluding to these things uh, is because. Uh, number one is there's a lot of people don't realize they're in a position to buy, and those are the ones that I'd rather talk to because all of us yeah. are, uh, have been in that position, you know. Oh and, gosh, uh, yeah. and, and yeah, yeah, and, and also because you you mentioned um, that uh, uh, I think you mentioned about um, different ways. Uh, yeah, different ways that that people could purchase. You you mentioned the the land contract a little while ago. You you mentioned. Uh, 
the option there and conventional. Um, I, you know, I'm learning self-directed stuff, yeah. IRA. Yes, yeah, self-directed, yeah, self-directed IRA. IRA and and spacing closings. If if you can, another thing, this works out really well. If uh, if someone's looking at a piece of ground and they can't pull it all down, uh, it, 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 a lot a lot of a lot of sellers are reasonable. Not everybody has to have their money right this moment, and it's it's not too difficult to to um, lay out a plan where you divide that property in three sections and commit to all three sections, but close on one now if you can. You know, maybe maybe it's a hundred. Let's say it's a hundred. A hundred acres, and uh, and and you split it four four ways, and you close on twenty five acres now, twenty five acres uh, next year, twenty five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, whatever that space allows you to do it, a lot of people are willing to do that for you. Uh, and and what's what's cool, and we've worked this out before for people where um, <clears throat> where they can lease or even have permission to hunt the balance of it. Oh, uh, wow, cool. And they they purchased this amount of it, you know. So instead of purchasing the whole thing at one time, I'm I'm saying, uh, yeah, there's that, a, some of this stuff. Really I, I get option. to talking, I get to talking about it. It sounds a little technical sometimes, and and I'm trying to I'm trying to cram in all this technicality into a small space of time. But no, that's uh, okay. I, I, I mean, I, yeah. I appreciate it. There's a couple options there I've never even heard of, and you know, if someone wants to dive deeper into the details, we can, you know, there's the internet and they can give you a call, etc. For Things like that, but at least we're, we're covering the the um, the 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 high high look down on, on these things with with these couple options here, and that's that's awesome. I mean, a couple. It, I'm relating to this a lot because I had to budget my way as well to to buy my my first property. My wife and I, you know, I thought, okay, we'll make it work. She thought, you're crazy. We have a bunch of kids. Like, what are you thinking? So we ended up working it out, and and. Uh, you actually can afford it, and and like I've heard you say before, in in some other stuff, in some other podcasts, buy what you can afford. You know, don't don't stretch yourself thin. And then, you know, I don't I don't have a brand new truck. I don't make a huge truck payment. You know, there, there's other things like that that I've sacrificed on because of of something that I wanted more, which was the land. Right? I mean, you bet. You so, bet. And yeah, invest, don't spend. Yep. Yep. And I like that. And and is it around here right now? I'm not sure if it is where you're at as well. the The market is absolutely insane. Um, I mean, people are losing houses in in bid wars by ask by you know going ten, twelve, twenty grand over asking. Um, how's the market? I guess across the board, and is it affordable right now to buy, or should people wait till? You know, another 2008, or or what are your thoughts on that, Dan? <laughs> Just pray there's never going to be another 2008. Yeah, um, I agree. It, I agree. It, it, this, I'll tell you this: if you, I hear this more than anything else, and that is, I wish I would have win, and yeah. and it's usually an old timer saying, I wish I'd have bought that property when it was 300 an acre, and now it's so so, and then now it's it's it's. Ten thousand an acre, and I could have bought it for three hundred an acre. You know, I mean, it's so. I wish I would have win is right now, uh, and, and there's never a bad time to invest in in land. There really isn't, uh, and there's really almost. And this this sounds crazy, but there's almost you almost cannot overpay for a piece of property because time will even heal 
a, a, a bad land investment. Won't always heal a bad paper investment, but will heal. Will heal a bad land investment. Time will. And here's the important things to remember is more than is this the right time? Because this, this is a wonderful time to 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 purchase a, a piece of land. Um, when that time comes, 2008, you you might not be in a very good position either to buy that land. You know, okay, it, uh, yeah. it, it 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 ripples. Uh, there's a, it affects everybody. But uh, these are the things to consider when you're buying a piece of land. Don't just think about um, hunting. Hunting's wonderful, uh, and that's I mean we love it. But uh, look at it as an investment. And these are the things to remember. Can you can you harvest timber on it? It would be a plus if you can. Is there uh, is there water on the property? Creeks, uh, ponds, uh, whatever water. If it has water, uh, it's a valuable asset. Can you grow crops on it? Uh, if it can, if you can, that's a plus. Can you run cattle on it? Even if you're not going to do any of these things, uh, it's a valuable asset. Uh, can you build a house on it? Is a big plus. Does it have good access? Does it have good road frontage? Uh, does it have reasonable access for electric and water? All these are strong considerations because when the time comes that you want to sell it, you want to engage the, the, the largest number of potential buyers, not just hunters. You, you, you follow? You tracking with Definitely. me? It, it, uh, yep. So that, that is the big thing. There's not a bad time. There are bad, bad choices, but there's not a bad time. There's never a bad time to buy land. Wow, that answers that. No, I appreciate that. And, and like you said, who cares exactly who who buys it if you're trying to sell it, as long as you're getting what you want for it. I mean, to be honest, it could be a, a, a PETA member who pays top dollar for my hunting property, you know. It's, you're not going to be there. <laughs> yeah, I have had it. Yes. Well, that's yes, a, absolutely. That's uh, kind of leading into this next part here, Dan. Um, what would you recommend someone looks for in a parcel? You said you can make a bad choice, and I think kind of what you meant there is – maybe buying some, some real wet ground or ground that doesn't have good access, etc. What on the on the opposite end of that, what should somebody look for in a good parcel? Maybe some basics. All right, so everybody has different goals. Um so if we're we're talking about a, a good a good track of land, a smart investment, you know, smart investment. Uh, and those are the things uh, to, to be able to be appealing to the greatest number of people. And those are some of the things that might be appealing. I had mentioned, uh, can you grow crops on it? Can you run a cattle on it? Can you build a house on it? Uh, does it have good road frontage? Does it have good access? Does it have harvestable timber? You know, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But now let's say uh, that you have a specific goal that you want to make a good investment, but uh, maybe your goal is to buy a, a track of land that um, – um, that you have a, a, a legitimate chance to harvest uh, good animals, uh, quality animals. Bingo. And 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 I'll mention this. Um, and this sounds cliche, but at one, one time, and it wasn't that long ago, uh, the value of land was based on the uh, fertility of the soil, uh, the maturity of the timber, and uh, the minerals beneath the surface of the land. Uh, the quality of wildlife had nothing at all to do with the value of land, but uh, it does now. Uh, if you're in a com – there's communities of land, just like uh, uh, subdivisions, a uh, uh, really nice uh, community, uh, those houses in that community are worth a lot more money maybe than those down the road because that particular community is kept up and it's, it's uh, 
all the houses uh, fit a particular code, and uh, and on and on. But uh, there's people uh, in some areas that have locked up uh, a lot of acreage. In other words, uh, this this fella knows this fella, and and uh, his buddy bought the neighboring property as a result of they know, and they had this managing plan in mind. And before you know it, they tie up four thousand acres. Now that value of that land on that four thousand acres, when it starts producing one hundred eighty, one hundred ninety, two hundred inch animals, it's sky high. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Now, uh, uh, so so, and I use it as an analogy: um, houses and communities, the same as as uh, land. Is in that in that regard, if you're looking for uh, that kind of a place, um, so <clears throat> you take a, a really nice area um, subdivision that's like a posh place, and it's uh, all the all the ordinances and all the uh, uh, um, codes and, and, and covenants and everything in there uh, have to do with value. Really nice places. Now, the goal, in my mind, uh, is to find the one that needs the most work inside of this community. The house that needs the most work that you could buy for the best price is the one that I, I want to buy because uh, I have the most upside. Um, and so the same thing holds true if you find that property that's in a really, really good area. That area is known for producing world-class animals. If that's, this is what you're after. If this is what you're after. And and so now my goal is um, it's way more important. Here's the thing. You, you, you cannot move a property. You can have a property over here with the best habitat in the world. And uh, if it's not in a good area, you can't take that property and move it to a good area. But you can take a property that needs work. Uh, and you can improve that habitat to the level of everyone else's habitat, and you've just uh, you've just created uh, a lot of equity. You, you know, uh, uh, so so that that is my goal. And and how do you find these places? There's a, there's a lot of different ways. Uh, I mean, um, you know, you could start with the record books. Uh, you you could you, the the shows that you go to, like um, the Deer Classics. Everybody has their deers their deer hanging on the walls. It's easy to strike up conversations. Where did that animal come from? Uh, there's a lot of research that you could do to to find these these areas. Now, once you in your mind, you know, you know, I like not only do I like this region because it produces good animals, but I especially like this region because I like the I like the countryside. It's just beautiful. That's where I, I love to be. So you start from the sky. This is this is how I start. When I when I've narrowed it down to an area, I start from the sky. And and what I mean by that is uh, aerials. I, I I like I like Google Earth. I, I mean, um, there's there's a lot of different ways to uh, to narrow down because like like say you see a piece of property, <clears throat> it's for sale. Now what I want to do is I want to look at that property from the sky, and uh, and what I want uh, there's different things. I, once I know that area is a good area, I want a piece of property that uh, is is got um, con is connected by contiguous timber. For example, if um, if you look at a piece of property and it kind of sits alone, it's just um, it's just timber, and uh, and it's got some good habitat on it, but it doesn't connect to anything else. Uh, it's not to me. It's not near as valuable as that piece of timber uh, with with whatever other habitat, brush or tillable or whatever it is, that actually um, connects to miles uh, of of 
of timber and is surrounded by miles uh, in the Midwest of agriculture. Um, now my goal, if, uh, if that's the right piece, is to, um, to improve it. So those animals have a reason to, to, to stay on my property. And here's what I'm getting at. And I'm rambling a lot, but here's what I'm getting at. Oh, it makes sense. Okay, that property that you purchase, you want everything to be on that property that uh, will keep deer on that property for the greatest number of daylight hours. Okay. In other words, if it doesn't have water, it is not that hard to put water on a property. You could do it with a plastic liner and uh, and your front-end loader on your tractor. Uh, it, it, so you don't want them to leave your property to to get to water. You don't want them to leave your property to get to food. You don't want them to leave your property uh, because you don't have enough cover. I mean, you, you want to make your goal, uh, whether your property is 20 acres or 3,000 acres, your goal is to make your property the core of their core area. So if the, if, if the deer, if a deer's core area is two, two miles, that's what they, a lot of biologists say. They say it's about two miles, give or take, in the time of the year. Uh, if that, that 20 acres or that 40 acres has everything, I mean, the best habitat that that 40 acres can have, there's a very good chance that uh, you will hold animals or the, uh, a lot of animals during daylight hours. Uh, and, and you say, well, how can you hold a lot of animals on, um, on 40 acres? You can. Uh, it, it's all about the food and the habitat. <clears throat> I, uh, I spent some, some time with Craig Harper. Yeah. He's the, he, he's the guy. He's the only guy has a PhD <laughs> in, in, in deer habitat. You know I mean? It's crazy what he knows. And, uh, one of the things that, uh, I had not been doing and it has increased my habitat, has increased my food, uh, by tons, literally tons of food, uh, is burning. Uh, there's a lot of, under that, uh, on my property, I had a lot of uh, brome and tall fescue. Uh, had good habitat uh, other than that. And, and all my brome and all my tall fescue, uh, we burned it all. We burned it chemically, then we burned it with fire. And all those seeds, um, ragweed and every other kind of weed that, that produces protein and deer eat, uh, had been sitting dormant under that mat of grass for years. Uh, now... Now I have food that's over your head, so I've got uh, head-high food uh, all, all over the property, and I could hold a lot of deer, and I'm holding a lot of deer. Um, so, so that's that's the goal is to find that property in the area that is um, again, if you, if it is your goal, find that property. Uh, your goal is uh, bigger bucks uh, in an area that has been producing bigger bucks and <clears throat> i don't care here's another thing to remember i don't uh it's easily to uh it's easy to get lost in um in in just i guess bs for not yeah. having better words uh, people say oh man uh, I, 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 we kill big giant bucks here and uh we have we practice uh Deer management, and uh, it's all about uh, growing um, the best animals possible, and and blah 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 blah. Um, if you're considering a piece of property uh, <clears throat> in your purchase, when you agree to a price, make sure that you have a due diligence period that as, actually uh, allows you to do a little bit of diligence. Uh, don't rely on what people say, uh, and and if it's the right time of year, which is a good seven months of the year, uh, the animals have antlers. Um, 
be very strategic in a uh, camera census. If, if you if you've got especially, I mean, here's a, in, in states that you could use corn. I mean, you could put corn out. Uh, if you put a camera, one camera for every 50 to 100 acres, and you're strategic about it, uh, with a couple of bags of corn uh, per camera, you'll have a really good idea of of what the what that property actually has on it now. You know, as far as age structure, uh, you'll 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 know what the age structure is. You'll know what the you have a really good idea of what the buck to doe ratio is. You have a really good idea of what the de- the deer density is in a very short time. But you don't have to rely on what people say. In other words, if you've got mature bucks on camera and, and, and all of a sudden it's like, holy cow, uh, that's a big buck and that's a big buck. Uh, there's no there's no question that, the, that there's either the absence of hunting uh, in that area. Or there's game management. You don't have to rely on what anybody says. That camera does not lie. You know what I mean? It, it, uh, yeah, that's that's the gospel. Um, yeah, unfortunately, and, I, and I'll say this to you: we're talking about our hiring practices, uh, and I'm jumping around on you, but let, let me just go, digress for a moment. Um, <clears throat> when we hire, one of the things that we try not to do, and I don't mean this real bad anyway, uh, we avoid hiring from the real estate community. Uh, we, we don't, uh, there's a lot of folks in, that, that uh, take shortcuts, omit uh, or, or uh, embellish or bend the truth um, to make a sale. And I mentioned to you, our goal is not necessarily to make a sale. Our goal is to provide the best experience that person has ever had working with a with a real estate agent and uh, if we've done our job we will sell more property as a result you know uh, but too many people out there think they gotta t- tell you that there's giant bucks they got they, they've, they've got to tell you that uh, the the owners of this property practice the the best management possible they got to tell you all these things for you to buy the property um, Cameras don't lie. <laughs> so, so, and our agents, they'll, they'll, the, they will hang. Our agents hang a lot of cameras that are out in the field, and uh, and, and let the cameras do the talking as far as uh, the value of the wildlife. Yeah, I, I was looking at some listings um, yesterday on your website, and here in Michigan, it's, it's interesting. And then you see some of these trail camera pictures on there of, of some some nice bucks and. You, know, you think, man, if there's those type of deer walking around there, it, you have a pretty good head start. Then if you can, you know, purchase a fixer upper or something like that, like you said, in the right neighborhood where you can immediately improve your habitat and try to yes. you know, benefit the animals and your value and your your hunting. I mean, that all makes sense and sounds like a really good time. <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, in the interim, you're having a really good time. I'll mention two things to you, too, while I'm thinking about it. <clears throat> when you hang cameras, um, two, two things. One, one is um, is everybody hangs cameras differently. Um, key on, uh, if you can't, if you cannot uh, use uh, corn or, or, or bait uh, to, to get your pictures, hang them in pinch points, uh, places where the – Long stretch of fence where where there maybe is a is a low low spot where it's sagging covered with hair. Hang fence uh, cameras there on creeks where the creek bank runs for miles, and all of a sudden there's a low area in that creek bank. Hang cameras there where that corner is in that field where all the animals seem to uh, funnel into and out of. 
uh, hang cameras there, hang those cameras, but hang them uh, were, were you're actually taking the pictures of the animals approaching the camera or, or passing the camera diagonally, either way, so, so that you're, you're, the camera is uh, in the frame, the, the animal is in the frame for the greatest amount of time. Too many people hang the cameras where the animals walk by them, and, and it doesn't matter how fast your trigger speed is. Uh, they could walk out of that frame where you just get uh, a part of the rib or the you know piece of the animal and not the whole picture. Right, uh, that's true. that's real 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 important to do yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It uh, and, and two um, it depends on the time of the year uh, when you do this. I, I love I mentioned this like the late season uh, <clears throat> where the only thing that's really really important to the animals are, is food. Um, Hang on those food plots. So just surround those food plots, and that'll give you a really good. Every animal on the property, whether it's at night or daytime, is going to be on that food plot. If it's, uh, it depends on where you are. If it's if it's below zero, uh, they're all going to be on there. Uh, I say that, and you might be from the south, and you might think, well, that's not going to happen. But it's <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> Their tolerance to cold is all relative. Here, it might be below zero. There, it might be 19 degrees or something. You know. No, that, that's a good point as well. Um, and even like scouting a, a new property, don't, you know, walking through one in July, you're going to see different sign than walking through one, say, February or March, uh, when, you know, you're wondering, is this a good good property? Is there a lot of sign here? Where do the animals come through at? You know, over that late season, like you mentioned, or uh, early spring scouting can be a, a great time to, to walk those, those new properties that you might be thinking about, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I love the late season when, like you say, I mean, the forest is barren of underbrush, and you could see every every tree that was rubbed is still bleeding, and, and, it, and the crater pits underneath the limbs, uh, the, the scrapes are still there, uh, trails are still beat down. I mean, you could get a really good uh, idea of what uh, what that land looks like when it's when it's I guess when it's naked, you know. Um, and I'll mention this too. Uh, uh, going back, we were talking about uh, if your goal is land for deer hunting, um, keep in mind that that now those deer, basically the ones that you harvest, but more important than the ones that you harvest, the ones that you have on camera that are still alive, they are the prospectus, the investment prospectus of that property. Now, um, I, I've sold properties before where we barely put step foot on the property. I mean, all that was. Uh, I mean, with with the with the aerials, the mapping that we have now, and uh, and the buyer, if his main goal is the deer, and you could show him the deer, uh, it's like um, it's just like when you invest in a paper investment, and you, you get a prospectus in the mail, and you look at your investment to see what it what it's earning. Uh, well, what your property is earning, if if it, your purpose for purchasing property is to grow big deer, uh, it basically is the quality of those animals, you know. So. Uh, Keep those pictures. Don't ever throw them away. If you if you take if you get good pictures and it was five years ago uh, and you've got a monster on the property, that's a, that's a track record. That's a prospectus. Prospectus is, is worthless if you can't show them history. And uh, <clears throat> that uh, that is a great way to um, to take a, a property to market. And no, I like that. And it kind of goes into one of this, these final things I wanted to cover is like upgrading your your property say myself for an example i have 15 acres i have a good prospectus i have some trail camera pictures of of deer that have been on the property at one point turkeys etc mm-hmm. 
I have some harvest pictures of a, a Buckeye shot. How long does it take to come up with a good prospectus? And, I mean, I know you want to you wanna sell your property and take maybe some of the profit from what you don't owe on the property, that, that gap between what you owe maybe and, and what it sells for, and roll that into a new down payment on something larger is kind of my goal. And I understand that process, but what are some tips that you could recommend for for moving forward in that? I mean, I guess I'm just curious on how long that takes to to jump from farm to farm, if this is like a 20-year thing, or, or like you said, two, no, two no, years no, no. property. That's pretty interesting. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you, it's all, it's all relative. Okay. Um, a lot of times you can buy equity if <clears> – <throat> For whatever reason, that seller has to sell that property. The timing is right, and you buy it uh, smart. You understand the market. You know you know what light properties are going for, and you're fortunate enough to to buy that property. And 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 you purchased equity right this moment. You could turn around and sell it tomorrow. You know what I mean? Uh, just go in there and do some minor improvements, and you could sell it right away. Now, if you've had a property for for a couple years and you've got a good history over the, those two years, and you've made some improvements. You may have enough equity, um, even even if you. I mean, really, you if you buy at market value, and that property it appreciates a minimum of five percent a year without you doing anything. It, that is not too much to ask for for that property to appreciate five percent a year, and you haven't done a thing. Now, if you force inflation and you you do things to improve that property, uh, that adds to it right away. Uh, so, so it, it could be, it could be right now when you bought it, you could turn and that's what they call flipping a property. Uh, you buy the equity, uh, you buy it right and you sell it or sitting on it for two years. I don't, I don't know if I, if my intentions are to sell it, I'm always studying the market and, 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 uh, um, um, kind of a, a appraising my investment and, and that'll tell me if now's the time or should I wait. You know, it's all relative. Um, a lot of times, and other things, other things I, I learned from the regions, the regions that I'd mentioned that I'd been in, the, the money, uh, uh, the money that you make is not necessarily to, uh, when or how much you score, but how well you buy it. No, no, um, um, in retail because we're we're there's price points. In other words, I can't get any more for this television than uh, three hundred ninety nine dollars because my competitors. Are getting the same amount. I can't. I can't be higher than that. Now, if my advantage was that I was able to buy more televisions or had a uh, buying group deal or something, and I was able to buy it at a better margin uh, than they bought it. Now I've made more money. The same thing holds true with with the purchase of land. Is uh, be very smart. Do your diligence when you're buying it on the front side. And uh, and the advantage, of course, is that you can invest in it. Uh, sweat sweat equity. Uh, and, and improve it and, and increase your value as well. But timing is interesting. Um, it, it varies. I, I, if I buy it as an investment, and I, like some farms I think I'm going to keep forever and I end up selling them. But uh, <laughs> if I, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I buy it as an investment, I, I personally, most of the time I want to turn, I want my money back out of it in two years. Me, That's just me, how I go at it. T- uh, timing is important. There's things that, that flip the timing and, and the kind of farm that you have. For example, Right now, <clears throat> uh, the crop prices are are low. If you don't have to sell, if you have a tillable farm and you don't have to sell it, this may not be the best time to sell it. I'm just saying, okay. you know. Uh, 
And uh, but but if it's a rec farm, I mean, I don't know that there's ever a wrong time to sell a rec farm. Or if it's a farm that's part crops and, and part timber, uh, I don't think there's ever a wrong time to sell that property. It, it's it's all relative. Now, if you could sit on something, now now a lot of people time uh, time is money also. Uh, for example, what what your dollar can buy right now, um, and what is, what that same dollar can buy in three years. Is much less. It buys much less than three years. So, so maybe the money. And I just said that about crop ground, but consider this: maybe uh, the value of the dollar right now, even though the value of your land is down, uh, if I sold it right now and I was able to invest it right now in the same market, what difference does it make? You, you, so, so I guess what I'm saying: if I sold it right now and I waited and I invested that money uh, when the prices were high, but if I sold that property when the when the market was low, and I'm buying when the market is low, it's all relative. True. Very so, true. so you maybe have yeah. more or a larger farm. Um, like if that was the goal, maybe to try to to make money off the leverage. And, and, yeah, exactly. Leverage it into a larger farm. Yes, that, that that makes perfect sense. And two, I'll mention this to you. So different places are different in that. Uh, I think I think this is true everywhere except for maybe Colorado or uh, Texas, where where the 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 lodge is is a big part of the enjoyment of the property. Okay. But for most of the country, most of the country, when you're talking about improvements, try to keep the the if you're going to put a home on it, you're going to put a structure on it. Try to keep that structure down to twenty percent or less. Of the total investment, um, so so if you say it's a hundred thousand dollar property, it's a twenty thousand dollar structure, a cabin getaway retreat. If it's uh, if it's a a million dollar property, it's a hundred thousand dollar structure. You want to keep that down for for a couple reasons in my mind. One is that uh, your your taste in in um, in the 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 way that that house uh, chalet lodge cabin whatever it is lays out may not be the same as the the hunter's wife uh, right. and, and, yeah and so and and also uh, most of us if you said to me the the property is three hundred thousand dollars and the house is is worth uh, one hundred fifty thousand um, dollars and I probably want more land than I want that house. And so I might be looking at, I'll, I'll go down the road looking for another property that I can get another uh, 80 acres instead of a house. True, very uh, true. Great point. That's how, that's how a lot of people think. So that's, that, that rule of thumb, it may not be exactly 20%, but just try to keep it within reason of who you think your targeted market is. If you've got a great hunting property, uh <clears throat> Keep that price of that, that house down. Uh, and certainly, sure, do not put that house in the middle of your property. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you may want to cut that property up. And uh, not to mention, that's prime hunting ground out there. Keep that, that, that house closer to the road. Yep. Uh, and very often, we find that uh, we'll, we'll sell the property uh, and cut the house out and sell the house. Well, well, and then sometimes we we give that house listing to a uh, uh, a company that sells houses. I mean, we'll co-broke it with them, but uh, that's not who we are. 
we, we, we are the land, everything land. Uh, so we don't want to convolute that message too much. Uh, and we're not, we don't want to, uh, uh, say, well, you know, when I say cut it out, I'm, I'm just saying, uh, survey it so that we can offer that house in five acres, for example, to right. somebody totally different than the one that wants just the land. Um, but if you put that the house in the middle of the property, you can't do that. I, I couldn't agree more with you, especially on uh, smaller properties. I mean, like, for example, I park my car right at the edge of the road. And I don't go further into the property at all uh, unless it's a very strategic access. And if your house is in the middle of it, it makes it a lot tougher for – I guess it makes that property hunt smaller. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I definitely see what you're saying there. Some great tips there, Dan. The the 20% of the value, I've never heard that before either. That's a that's a huge tip. Well, yeah. now, I want to be respectful of your time. We just went over an hour a couple minutes ago. Um, I want to talk about your land beat videos quick and then, uh, you know, sure. let you go if that's okay. Absolutely. Now, so go ahead and tell us what land beat is and uh, how it could relate to a bunch of habitat junkies uh, like ourselves. Yeah, and it ha- land beat is is all over the place. It's everything that uh, that you really want to know more about it, and 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 you can't do that. We can't do that uh, on the television show necessarily. You know, I mean, we could touch on it, but there's not enough time. But when we dedicate uh, the entire show to that specific. Whatever it is, maybe maybe it's it's uh, maybe it's trapping um, coyotes. That's that's on land beat also because uh, reducing the, the the number of predators uh, to improve uh, the whitetail population, the, the um, uh, fawn recruitment, uh, or, or maybe it has to do with uh, uh, what I talked about, uh, cre- creating more cover, creating more food through burning. We'll, we'll devote the entire episode. To that, so that when you're done, when, when that show's over, you know, you know it inside out. You know, uh, it, it, it's it's and it's and we're we're in a time now that man, nobody wants to read anymore anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could show them, and, and it's cool, and I think a lot of that has had to do with YouTube. I, I kid about this often, but if I, I can get on YouTube and I, I could watch, um, I could watch someone perform brain surgery step by step, and, and I, I think when I'm done, I, I would be, I would have enough confidence to open up your skull. <laughs> you, you know <laughs> I mean, it's, oh, I mean, I, I just, I, I, <laughs> I don't think you'd hire me to do it, but it, it uh, I, I, I understand it so much better, and that's what land beat is. Um, it, it's, and, and there's so many different topics. Like right now, uh, I'm in the process. Of, uh, of building a, a walk-in cooler uh, with a, uh, a warm room. The warm room uh, is where uh, you could cape the animal. And the reason I want a warm room is um, all those all those nights when we're, we're we're trying to cape an animal. It's one in the morning. It's uh, it's five degrees, yeah. and I can't even feel my hands. I've yeah. cut myself before, and I, I don't even know I'm, I've cut myself. I'm so numb. Uh, but but that's the warm room. So so from the warm room, I could take the animal right into the freezer. It, there's a door that separates the two. Uh, the warm room is eight by um, I think it's eight by eight, and the freezer is eight by eight. Uh, and the thing about it is the ceiling now is ten foot, so I could hang that animal without having to sit on the floor to cape the skull. Uh, 
it, it, it's it's just what you want. But but what is the message uh, is that uh, you can build this thing uh, using an iBot and an air conditioner, and and uh, for way way under you, what you could purchase a walk-in cooler, and uh, and we give a step by step. Now there's not a landowner that hunts their property that um, if they don't have a walk-in cooler, they wish they had a walk-in cooler. Yes, there's is. no question. I mean, and, and pretty, pretty soon you make friends fast. That's the only thing you probably have to be careful <laughs> of, because <laughs> you know. So anyway, that that um, now I've done a, I've done a bunch of research on this thing, and and uh, we're all in, involved in in learning all we can. But we're able to convey it. We're able to to, to present it in a way that anybody can watch the process from beginning to end of a walk-in cooler uh, at your at your hunting camp, uh, at your on your lease, on your property, whatever it is, that uh, makes it so much more enjoyable, uh, for sure. So it doesn't matter what it is that improves your uh, your outing, your hunting, your your use of land. Uh, we cover it, and we cover it with with some of the best people. I mean, we, we uh, Kip Adams, um, uh, Craig Harper, all, all yeah. the known experts are, are all involved uh, with land beat. And uh, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know how you could learn it any better than watching land beat. And for everybody who doesn't know, those are, uh, or that is a, a video series on YouTube and on the uh, Dan's website, the Whitetail Properties website, correct? Correct. Thank you. Yeah, no, no problem. I uh, I enjoyed Craig Harper's video. Um, I enjoyed that that broadhead video recently. I mean, there's just a, a ton of great tips on there, and I just wanted to make sure we we covered that for you because those those videos are invaluable. So, <laughs> absolutely. Let let me let me apologize before we get off here. My wife tells me, you know, she says when I hear you on those land beats, she says. Let the other guy talk. <laughs> Just slow down. But but I've got to tell you, and I apologize and, and, and with, with this, is that I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about what we do, and, and I'm so excited about helping other people uh, achieve the things that we've been able to achieve that uh, I, I can't contain myself. So uh, I apologize for that, and thank oh, you for no. having me on. Please uh, don't apologize, Dan. The, you're on here so people can listen to you, not not me blabble on. So <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. And uh if anybody wants to learn more about you and find you, where should they go? Well, uh, in the woods this time of year. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, so, so we're at www.whitetailproperties.com, and uh, I'm here at the office every day at Whitetail Properties. Um, phone number is two one seven two eight five nine thousand. We're in. Uh, we're actually represented now in uh, 26 states, and uh, if we're not where you are, we will be soon. I'm sure. Awesome, Dan. Well, this episode will probably be up in about a week, and uh, I'll let you know when it airs. And, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. Really, wow, what a great episode. Thank you so much, Dan, for coming on. We learned a lot, or at least I did. I mean, there were multiple things there that I wrote down, jot notes, and I, I cannot wait to listen to this one again. Um, again, for anybody who missed it, Dan is from Whitetail Properties. And it can be found online at whitetailproperties.com. If you are new to the Habitat Podcast, thanks for listening. All of our episodes are on habitatpodcast.com. We are on multiple uh, podcast listening sites or venues, including different apps like Stitcher or Podbean, iHeartRadio, etc. Apple iTunes is the main one. 
And we're also on Facebook.com slash Habitat Podcast. Be sure to look us up and uh, let us know if you have any feedback, any other topics you might like to hear us talk about. Uh, that'd be very helpful. And then I just want to thank everybody for the good reviews they're leaving on iTunes. I sent out another decal this week to a person with a great review, so please keep that up. And then uh, last but not least, I want to thank our partner at Packer Max. Thank you so much for uh, the support for the podcast. If anybody needs a great Cult of Packer uh, at an economical price, uh, call Lincoln up at, at www.packermax.com. His number's on the site. So thanks again to everyone who listens as we become better habitat managers. Get out there, enjoy your woods. Bow season is almost here in Michigan. It's opened in some other places already. So good luck this fall. We'll be back soon. Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.